Hey, everyone. I always love these days that I get to bring to you my incredible audience, somebody that has really impacted my life. And you know what? Sometimes we have people in our lives that come in and you just know, you know that there's going to be a long-term friendship there. You know that there's a lot that you're going to be working together, doing together. And the woman I'm going to share today with you is somebody that literally she's going to be addressing things that we all fear, we all need, we all want, but sometimes we're trying to figure how do we put it all together? Well, for the past 22 years, Linda Atram has been running successful property businesses, including a multi-million pound, you're going to notice she is over in the UK, property portfolio. She serviced accommodation units and building development projects. She's also the founder of Mothers in Business. Linda, happily married, proud mother of who she calls three precious diamonds. And I laughed her. I said, are they diamonds today? And a second... Dan Black Belt in the martial art of Taekwondo. Come on, everyone. How cool is that? Linda incorporates the tenets of Taekwondo, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and indomitable spirit in training and in her personal and business life. We're going to talk to her about that. She was recently honored with the prestigious Global Women Exceptional Award. And she is the Global Women's Club Regional Director. And this is in, and her chapter that she is the head of is in Ghana. We're going to get into this because there is so much that we are going to share with you today that you are going to want to begin to be a part of. And this is one of the groups. She was born in the UK of Caribbean heritage. And she came from truly humble beginnings and started out, which you would never know, as a very shy girl who did lack confidence, self-esteem, didn't have much of that whole identity thing built in. She left school with very little education, but with this burning desire to change. She chose to re-educate herself to the university degree level, which led to a successful 18-year career in human resource management. So we're talking like gamut here. She is right now going to be bringing us so much of this inspiration, but there are relaunches in all of our lives. And what when we hear about somebody else's relaunch, it triggers something in us. It sets us ablaze. It ignites us. And there are stories here that will ignite you and you will walk away from this conversation a better person and you're going to have some serious direction. You're listening to The Relaunch Podcast and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, best-selling author, speaker, and transformational coach widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method, helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, 
We'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch. Linda, so great to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you so much, Hilary. I'm really, really excited to be on your show. Thank you for the the invitation. It's an honor. Well, well, and here's the thing. You and I were introduced and there are people that are truly great networkers and just in, and can read people and say, you need to meet this person and that person. And we have mutual friends, Robert and Aaron, and they were like, you guys need to get together, need to get together. And yes, we are, I think they call it across the pond, right? You're, <laughs> you're yes. in the UK. <laughs> I'm right now in the US and we are, we have really come together on so many fronts. And there's been so much synergy. You have brought me into the fold of this incredible group, the Global Women's Club that we're going to talk quite a bit about, get people to understand that when you're living in only your small area, potentially even the confines of your own home or apartment, sometimes the best thing to do is to look outside your four walls look outside your country, look at to see, we talk often about global relaunches and find out what is really happening in the world. And you bring that to all of us, but I really want to start with your journey has not been an easy one. And I I mentioned a few of the things that, you know, happened to you when you were young and trying to, you know, get to where you are now, but can you take me back and, and walk me through more of your specifics around your relaunch journey. And then something that's near and dear to my heart, what you believe is truly the most significant relaunch. And we have a lot of, we have a lot of overlapping there, unfortunately. So I'm going to hand it over to you to walk through kind of what, what brought you here. Thank you. Thank you, Hilary. And, and as you know yourself, you know, as we go through life, we have many, many relaunches, some that we, you know, we're aware of, some that we're not aware of. And for me, it started off when I was a little girl, about five years old, because there are, there's 10 years difference between me and my last sister. There are four of us in total. So there was always that age gap. So I didn't have other siblings to play with. So I was kind of a child that was on her own, although I was part of a big, big family. But I was very quiet, very shy, lacked confidence. And, you know, I would always play on, on my own. And I would always look through the window. We had these like bay windows in our house. And I'd always look through the window and watch people walking past. And I'd think to myself, I'd love to be confident like that one day, just the way that people walked, they dressed from a very young age, I would take those things, those things on board. And so as time went on and I went into school, I would not speak. I would not speak unless I was spoken to. I wouldn't smile. I felt like I was very ugly. I had teeth that was going in nautical directions, north, east, south and west. And because of that, that had a very major impact on my confidence. What age were we we talking about right now? 
what we're talking about age eight, eight upwards when I'm so you really you really remember that. And by the way, my brother called me the buck tooth varmint. That's how bad my teeth were too. So yet again, we have something else in common. But it's interesting that at age eight, you were going into school and you didn't want to talk and that you had such a lack of confidence. Uh, you know, as you've unpacked this throughout the year, are you gaining are you gaining a more of an understanding of why you had such little confidence at this point? Now I certainly do. At that time, absolutely not. And when I reflect back on it now, I think it's also to do with my upbringing because my parents are from a Caribbean um, heritage and they were very quiet, you know, that you spoke when you were spoken to. We weren't rude in the house to our parents whatsoever. So our household was very quiet. So when I go in, you know, when I went into an environment that was very noisy, had, you know, classrooms of children of 30, it was kind of, you know, a bit bewildering to me thinking, you know, what's going on? I don't really fit in here. And because I could see other people that were much more confident than me, it made, it made me feel less confident because I didn't, I, I wasn't up to the same sort of standard as everyone else in my own mind at that particular time. And so as I moved through the years and I went into secondary education, which is what we call it in the UK, I think you guys call it high school. Mm -hmm. I then, you know, those feelings became even more and more intense for me in terms of that lack of confidence. But the difference when I was in secondary school was that I could see a particular group of people that were very, very popular. And I wanted to be part of that, that crew, that gang, whatever you want to call it. But it was to my detriment because I then focused on becoming popular as opposed to becoming, you know, doing, you know, focusing on my education. And that led me to do lots of things that I'm perhaps not going to share <laughs> on this <laughs> station. Um, but it had a, a major impact on my education. I left school with no English, no maths qualifications whatsoever. So that, you know, that for me was one of my very first things that I had to relaunch. I had to get back into education because that was not going to serve me very well in my future because the school that I went to was a school that didn't necessarily care that much about their students particularly students of color it was an urban inner city school and at my school the head teacher he actually got murdered outside of the school gates trying to break up a gang fight so for people of color, it was, you know, it was known that, that unbelievable. I mean, right when yeah. you were going to the school, this happened. Yes, exactly. Oh. And so, you know, the, the mindset then was, you know, people of color would either end up in a very low paid job or they'd end up, you know, in a life of crime. So going to things like university, higher education really wasn't something that was on on the cards. And it wasn't something that I aspired to because it wasn't the norm at that particular time. But I knew that I needed my basic English or maths. So I had to then go into this relaunch process for myself. Didn't know at the time that it was a relaunch, but now reflecting, I clearly do. And so um, what I did was I went back into education and re-educated myself. And then I went into, out into the world of work. I went and did some studying in terms of um, secretarial colleges and things like that because that's what my sisters had done so I thought that was what I had to do I had to you know follow the the same sort of path and so when I finished my education I realized I have to now get a job and go through an interview process which absolutely horrified me because <laughs> I didn't have the confidence to do that but somehow I managed to get through 
the the interview process and I got a job in a in a, a fashion retailing company as an admin assistant and again my confidence was at an all-time low I still was working on that but didn't know how I didn't have the right support around me at that particular time but I had a boss at the time that saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself and she took a keen interest in me and she was starting to give me more and more tasks to do get me more involved in my job what was that what did she see in you like what do you think at that point because I know you had this you know this I don't fit in here right and I know a lot of people listening have felt like we get into an environment and we're like I just don't fit in here a lot of times we're like, I can't figure out why I just don't fit in. I don't feel like I fit in anywhere. And so yeah. your boss is starting to see something in you. Did she say, or did you just know by what she was allowing you to continue with your additional work tasks? And, things? Yeah. and I think that was it. It was, a, it was regards, you know, to what she was, you know, giving me those additional tasks because I've, what I think she could see in me was that I was very studious and that I would, I would do what was asked of me and I'd go over and above what was asked of me. So she felt confident to give me more tasks, more tasks out of my normal job to, um, to, to get on with. And for me, that was a great confidence boost because when I started working for that particular organization, I wouldn't go, you know, like when it's lunchtime, I wouldn't mix with other people. I would bring my lunch in and I would run into the toilets into the ladies cloakroom and I would eat my lunch in the toilet behind the cubicle mm. because I was that scared and petrified of what people might think about me what they might think about what I'd say I was I was complete wreck and so for my boss to then find something in me that I never knew that was there was you know a real boost for me and then wow. she decided to she decided to um, sponsor me to go for um, further education in human resources because that was the department that I was I was working in. And again, another relaunch for me because it was another area of education for me to you know improve my skills, improve my knowledge, and that then enabled me to get further in my HR career, which lasted for eighteen years, going from an admin assistant right through to a HR manager, and also carrying out regional roles as well. Yeah. So the story- Let me ask you, so for 18 years and during this time, are you you still feeling like you have that lack of confidence? Are you starting to get more confident because you're moving up? I mean, you know, tell us a little bit about that, because I I know that this, you know, owning who you are today, I can't even imagine how you didn't have the confidence because you are doing such incredible things right now where you you just ooze confidence. So what was happening during that time? Thank you. Well, it it took many, many years to to get to the point that I'm I'm at today. And so. For me, you know, it was being put into those situations of higher education, getting more responsibilities in my work that forced me out of my comfort zone because I was now not just doing work for other people. I had responsibilities. And so in order to you know, continue out and continue those responsibilities and to give 100 percent to everything that I did, I, you know, it naturally helped me to be, to boost my confidence. So I want to go back to something because I do find in today's world, a lot of times people are now willing 
to to admit to themselves, maybe not to others, that you enter into a group, whether it is, you know, in business masterminds or a group of people, or whether it is a religious group or whatever, whatever you're going for. And you kind of look around and, you know, I just don't feel it. Like I don't feel connected here. And a lot of times what I say is that it's not about like-minded people. It's about like energy people. And a lot of times when we're going for something that is something that, you know, we're, we're all standing behind a cause or a belief system that it doesn't necessarily align with your energy level or with where you're taking yourself or with what you're really sharing. I'm, I'm seeing now though, with you, especially in this group that, you know, we're going to talk about in a, in a moment, you really, was it that you didn't feel like you fit in because of the lack of confidence? And as you continue to build out the confidence with what you're saying is education, right? You're, you're educating yourself. Was this also elevating? Tell me about how you were feeling from a confidence level as you continue to elevate yourself with this education. Yeah, that's great question. Thank you. So I still had that that inner critic within me that felt that I wasn't good enough, but I met, I was able to manage it more effectively. So I could show that confidence on the outside, although I wasn't reflecting it on the inside. It was better than I than it was when I was a younger child, but I was still working with it. It was, it was still work in progress. So for me, you know, through the education, it helped me to, to uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It helped me to portray that that image of confidence, which then helped me to get on in certain roles in life because I, I was able to connect better with people, but I was still questioning myself in terms of was, was I good enough? Did I have enough confidence to do things? But it was only when I started getting feedback from other people telling me that, you know, this was great or whatever, that's, that was what was the, the real driver for me, the feedback from others. So we have to take a quick break, but when we get oh. back, I, I really want to dive deeper into this whole concept when you finally realize what's going on and you've got limiting beliefs and how they're holding you back and realizing that it's the self-sabotage within you that's holding you back. So we're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back and we're going to go into actual steps that we can be taking to get out of the limiting belief you know, kind of that spiral and pop back out into that level of confidence. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by my very own Labor of Love, my most recent book, Relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. 
Hey, everyone. Welcome back. I've got Linda Atram here with me. We, before the quick break, we were talking about limiting beliefs and Linda was being very open, very genuine and saying, hey, I really did have that. I'm not good enough. Those voices in my head that kept her super quiet, that made her confidence feel like non-existent. And so I'd like to circle back with this, Linda, and talk about this feeling of not good enough and what did you do to combat it? Thank you. Great question. So I forced myself into circles that I I wouldn't normally go into, into networking groups and so that I could just build up on my confidence and just really fight, fight that battle. And as I became a mother in in later years, I realized that whatever I do is going to circle around, potentially circle around for my children. And that was a real driver for me because I didn't want my children to go through that same lack of confidence that I did. So everything that I did would inspire my children. So I have to I have to break that cycle. And so that was a real key driver for me. And going into motherhood for me, like before you keep going with that, I want to say this idea of hereditary limiting beliefs, I call them bugs, beliefs underground surfacing, and they are hereditary. You can 100% continue to pass them down. Mm -hmm. And it's so amazing that you realize, hey, this is where this is going to stop. I am not going to pass that down to my kids, this lack of confidence, this feeling like I don't belong, this feeling like I'm not good enough. And so, you know, first off, how amazing is that? I mean, that is so good, but I'd love to ask again, like, you know, what did you do? How did you, because it's easier said than done, right? Easy to say, hey, I'm going to take out that, you know, I'm not good enough. I'm confident. I'm just going to throw myself in, but it is work. There's work behind it. There's lots of work, lots of work behind it. And I was fortunate to be around circles where self-development was self-development was a key thing. Because growing up, I thought, you know, once you finished, you know, school, college, un- university, that's it. You know, you're an adult now. There's no, there's no room for you to, you know, to be in the classroom environment. But then I realized there is room, you know, there is always opportunities for development, regardless of your age, regardless of your status, if you're a mom, if you're single, whatever. And so I threw myself into personal development. It was uncomfortable at first because the type of personal development I got involved in was very, um, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, textbook. It was very um, experiential, if I can put it that way, very experiential. And I had to go deep into my past and, you know, uncover things that I, w- I was uncomfortable with in order to then release those and move them forward. And when you talk about experiment or experiential, what does that mean? Okay, so for example, there would be certain camps that I went on, Um where I realized I was a lot stronger than I was, than I physically was, whether that be physically or mentally. We would go through, um, there was one where we had to, we went through an NDP and, you know, lots and lots of heat in there, lots of time to think about certain situations. The way that it was taught to me, it was about, you know, releasing those, not necessarily demons, but those past things that were holding you back. So those types of things that I get involved in. And of course, there's people like Tony Robbins. I've been on like 
hundreds of his programs. I, I absolutely love Tony Robbins and his, you know, his programs have helped me immensely to become the person that I am today. But without I, thought, that- I thought Date with Destiny was so good. Yeah. yeah. I know we're up all night, but I got to tell you, I was energized. You talk about like energy. So good. Yeah. What you're yeah. saying though, is this, this self development, personal development, you ended up putting yourself into programs, camps that would really be, were these specifically in one area that, you know, you kind of, Hey, I need to dive into this one. And how, how many years did you do this or are you still doing it? I, I did it consistently for about five years and it was my husband actually that recommended that I do that because he you know as a husband he can support me to a certain point um but he recognized that I needed more mm-hmm. and it's fine for people to tell you to do x y and z but it's up to you if you want to take it on board but when you're in an environment a supportive environment such as a learning environment and you're learning together you meet, you meet like-minded people it's more likely that you're going to take those actions on board and I am an action taker if I'm given something to do I will do it 100% and he knew that and so he he actually the first uh, program I went on he just booked the flights and said off, off you go and it was outside of the UK I made every excuse under the sun not to go you know the kids need me I, I've got my work to do but anyway I'm glad he did and I went off and and that was the start of the journey for me and I still do continue my personal- what a great husband <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> realizing how important that is. He's very evolved, which I, you know, I feel blessed as well to have my husband E is very evolved saying, Hey, you need to go do this. And I'm like, you're right. I do. (laughs) So, so in terms of, you know, really giving yourself once you were kind of pushed out the door, then I kind of feel like I caught that, you know, that energy of like, Ooh, I love this self growth. Self-prosperity is so important. And how important is that self-love to you these days? And how are you giving it to yourself? That's a great question again. I mean, self-love is so, so important. I didn't, growing up, I didn't even know that was a thing, self-love, because I had so much love from my own family. I just thought that was it. I didn't realize I had to love myself as well. And I think it was really when I started having my children that I realized that I've got more love to give for myself as well as for my children although it was a challenging time as you know because you you take on board these roles and responsibilities that you have no training for but you realize that you have to also focus on yourself give you know give yourself enough energy so that you have energy to give to your children so that was my first real sort of realization of self-love prior to having I'm gonna, children- uh, before you continue I'm going to make sure that people really heard that it is a way to fill up your own tank when you're empty, the worst thing you can do is continue to give, 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 give mm. to others. You have to realize that the vessel you have needs to be filled up to. And when you're depleted, when you're burned out, when you, you know, adrenal fatigue has never been higher right now of people just feeling like they are, they are literally with, you know, nothing, nothing left. I hear this all the time. I just don't have anything left to give Hillary. And you realize this, that, Hey, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta feel myself. And did anything happen in your, in your relaunch history where you really felt like you were like 
tapped out? Absolutely. And, you know, to get to that point, to realize that I needed to fill my own vessel was at the point where I literally tapped out. It wasn't, you know, a strategic decision. I'm, I'm, you know, I've got this perfect life and I'm going to start, you know, self, you know, loving myself. No, not at all. It was because I was fatigued. I was burnt out and I felt like I didn't have enough energy for myself, for my husband, for my children. And I knew, I realized that something had to change because I wanted to create memories for my children, great memories with my children. Like I have great memories with my own parents as well. And if I don't have that energy, if I don't fill up my own cup, my own vessel, how am I, how on earth am I going to do that? And so that was a, a big realization for me to, to look not only after myself in terms of my emotional health, but also my spiritual health, my, you know, the way that I eat, you know, and the way that I look after and treat my body as well. So, you know, one of the things that I do want to mention here is when people are listening right now and they might be, and I've had many coaching sessions this week already where people are like, I mean, tears flowing as soon as we say, you know, what are you doing? What do you, how are, how are you giving back to yourself? And it's like, I'm not, I'm not. And we talk often at relaunch about, you can't go from this place of depletion of self-sabotage and, and kind of cross the chasm over the self-like and go straight to self-love. You got to go like to love. You got to, you know, take one step at a time. And I do think Sometimes with media, we feel like I'm doing something wrong. I'm really not happy within my own self. I'm really not happy with my, you know, circumstances, but yet you were able, and I'd love to hear more about your specific, you know, the actual steps to get back to, Hey, I love that you said first and foremost, I wanted to be there and make memories with your kids. So what did you do? for yourself to fill up your tank? Thank you. So the first thing that I did was I, I reviewed, you know, what is it that's given me that lack of energy? Because we all get tired as parents. We all get tired. We have so many things to do. And for me, it was realizing that what I put into my body was either going to fuel me with energy or make me incredibly tired. And so I had to change the way that I was eating. I wasn't drinking enough water. I wasn't having enough fruits and vegetables. I wasn't having enough salads and things like that. I was eating on the go. And a lot of it was junk food as well. And that would just make me feel very, very lethargic. And my kids are very active and I need to keep up with them. So I changed the way, that was the first step. I changed the way that I was, I was eating so that I could have that energy. And that was fueling me. That was fueling my mind. It was fueling my body. And it was also helping me to feel more confident in myself as well, because I, my body shape started to change at the same time. And so that was, that was one of the very first steps. And like you say, you don't just go from, you know, from, from A to B in, in, in one fail swoop you have to take those tiny little baby steps but it's important that well it was for me that I took those steps at my own pace not with somebody telling me that I have to do these these particular things because when you're forced to do something you tend to you know you tend to stay away from it because you think well this isn't me this isn't what I want to do so create a list of things that that you're not happy with and what what little steps can you do to change 
you know, I, I'm the little a, I'm, steps, little steps. And also what you said about the food is that so many times we think, okay, eat healthier and yeah, I'll be able to lose weight. My body will change. But you said your, your mind is also taking care of when you fuel it. It's not just a, you know, the body, it's the mind too, which yes. is so important. We, you know, sometimes don't even realize that you know, the loss of the lack of focus can by eating right, healthy, great food that actually can stimulate the ability to focus longer, to feel better about, you know, remembering things is very intertwined with what you eat as well. So I love that you said mind and body is part (laughs) of the food. And you also said about the small step. You know, this isn't, this doesn't happen overnight. You know, you got to take the steps. So the, what is the one small step of something that you're not happy with right now and start there. Don't try to look at those. There's so many things on this list. Just one, just one. Yeah, exactly. And and for me also exercise, this, you know, is, is a key thing, exercise. And, you know, we can all make excuses. We don't have time to go to the gym you know, and, and procrastinate over that. And I found that, you know, being a mum, I had plenty of time to take my children to activities, but I was wasting that time. I was sitting there for an hour or two hours watching them do whatever they were doing. And in this case, they were doing taekwondo. And I thought to myself one day, why, why am I sitting here for an hour watching them when I can put on a suit myself and I can exercise at the same time. So again, it's that small step. It's about doing something out of the norm, out of my comfort zone. And, you know, but at the same time, fueling myself with, with lots of energy and exercise and keeping fit. I love to do exactly what you just said. When you know you're going to have an hour call, if you're not, you know, actively participating and having to show something and you can listen, go out and walk while you're listening to it. Yes. Yes. It it actually stimulates your brain. So this is so good. Um, I would like to talk about that impactful relaunch that really stood out as, you know what, this could have taken you down, but you're a survivor. Can we, can we talk a little bit about that one? I know it's painful and I know we share a lot of uh, commonality here, but do you mind taking me down that path? Sure. Yes. So 12 years ago, I lost my mother. Um, She was 77 and she was in perfectly good health. She unfortunately slipped out of the bath and hit her head and she then had a stroke and she was left overnight in her home with nobody realising she was there naked. And she died a couple of days later because she wasn't looked after very well in the hospital. So she was in the Caribbean at the time I was in the UK and it was a complete shock to me. When I got the call, I dropped everything to go and look after her. At the day of the flight, I got the call saying that she'd passed away. And my mum was my best friend. And so for me, you know, everything just, just went down. I lost a stone and a half within six days. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. But I knew at on the other side of that, I had my children to look after as well. For a short period of time, very short period of time, I didn't want to be here. I just wanted to be with my mum. And I had to consider very quickly to snap out of that, what would that actually bring me? Because I don't know what's on the other side. 
of life. I don't know if I'm going to actually physically be with my mum. And it also means that, you know, I be leaving my children behind. I be leaving my husband behind, which I certainly didn't want to do. And it took me three years to get over my mum's passing. I cried every single day for three years, but I, I cried in, 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 in silence because I didn't want my children to see what I was going through because one day I'm not going to be here and I don't want them to go through that whole process and thinking that's normal. You know, you take three years to grieve. That, that was just my, my story. But- you know, what's really interesting is that right now um, I just hit the three-year mark of when my mom passed and my mom too was 77 when she got diagnosed. She um, died 14 months later. So she was 78 and she was my best friend right? Talked five times a day. And it, it's so, it's still so raw. It's still so painful. You know, there's something about your losing your mom, losing your dad and the significance of those relaunches. It there, it's a very different type of relaunch, right? It's, and I, and I try to put my hand around or, you know, my arms around this one because it, it now feels like I'm I'm not the daughter anymore. <laughs> I don't have a mom. I don't have a dad. I'm fortunate, so fortunate. I have a mom, Inga, my stepmom, who has been my second mom since I was four and a half. But there's that that moment of like, God, they're both gone. And sometimes, do you ever wake up and or are you in a half sleep and you kind of think that it's not true and that your mom's there and you're talking because <laughs> I just had this last night and I kind of woke up and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I got a caller. And then I'm like, Oh, does that happen to you? Yes, it, it does. It certainly does. And you know, when I lost my father as well, two years ago. So, you know, that that's even more raw for me, but I was able to deal with that differently, completely differently because of what I've experienced with my mom. And I, I vowed that I've never, you know, put myself into that that dark zone again, purely. So how, from did you, how did you deal? Cause I felt like I lost my dad a few months ago. I do feel like I dealt with my dad's passing very differently than my mom's. How did you, how did you handle it? Like what, I know you didn't want to go into that dark space again, but yeah. share a little bit more. Yeah. So I, I took it as I, I looked at it in terms of with my mom, it was like, why is my mom gone? I was angry. Why has she been taken away from me? But with my dad, I saw it as a blessing. I was blessed to be with him for, you know, 49, 50 years at at the time he was in my life. So I treasure every single memory I had with him. And he passed away with cancer. So I was able to timely spend more and more time with him and treasure those moments. So when he went, I knew that he went in peace and that he went, you know, to a better place. He was going to be no more in pain. So rather than it being about me losing him, it was more around what memories can I hold on to and treasure that I had from him and also from my mom as well. And that in itself helped me to deal with his passing a lot, lot better. Mm, We have to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to then hear how Linda has now taken not a lack of confidence, but a very, very big well of confidence that she now has and really taken it globally. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by my very own Labor of Love, my most recent book, Relaunch. 
This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. Hey everyone, welcome back. I am here with Linda Atram and we have been talking about relaunches when it involves losing mom, losing dad, losing kind of that, that core foundation. And it is an interesting, um, you know, it's going to happen to all of us. And it's something that does change your inner structure, your inner, your inner core. And Linda, thank you for being so open about where you are, how you, how you were able to handle your dad's passing differently than your mom's. And I, you know, I'd really like to ask you when you, you look at your past now, is there something that if you could go back and change, would there be anything right now that you would be like, oh, maybe this? Thank you. Yes, I think that the one thing that I would change is not to be such a people pleaser. But oh, I think everyone's like, oh, <laughs> I feel it. I know that's me. That's me. So, okay. yeah, let's dive into this one. This is good. <laughs> but if I hadn't gone through that experience, I probably wouldn't be the person that I am today. Because, you know, you go through those experiences, you learn, you get the challenges, you, you know, you get upset, you get emotional, but you come out of it on the other side. So if I hadn't gone through that experience, I certainly wouldn't be the person I am today. So for me, I felt that I wasted way too many years being a people pleaser, trying to be liked, you know, and, and that, you know, stems back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of my confidence levels, wanting to fit in with the in crowd, you know, just wanting to be part of, of something that I, I felt that I wasn't. And I feel that, you know, if I had my time again, I would go out there and exude my confidence and not worry about what other people thought about me. Because, you know, it got to a point at some stage in my life when I was, um, when, like I said, when I was first started to work, that it was it, it impacted my health as well. You know, I'd, I'd be so paranoid about everything that people would say, or that I think they would say about me, and they probably weren't saying anything, but it, it just has such a major impact on, on my life in terms of, you know, my growth. I could have perhaps, you know, been doing something completely different or achieved what I achieved a lot sooner, a lot faster, had I not been worrying about other people's opinions and trying to you please know, As you're saying that, I, you know, always look at relaunches and the silver linings and how we are where we are because of everything that has made us who we are. And as I'm hearing you and I'm thinking, you're, you're so involved in moms and, you know, what do I would say number one thing that moms who are working are trying to figure out is, you know, really how do you create time for yourself to be able to work within the self-love and what, what do you, what do you suggest to them? 
because, you know, whether you're a mom to a pet, mom to a, you know, a, a business mom to kids, there's this point where, you know, we have to be creating this. And as you said, with confidence, and now you're giving that confidence, putting that, feeding that into your children. I know you're doing it in your businesses, but what do you recommend to all those moms out there, moms of the world in terms of being able to do that? Well, first, I must acknowledge that, you know, trying to do that is not an easy task. (laughs) And certainly one of the things for me when I first became a mom was feeling that lack of identity because Linda was no longer there. It was mum, 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 mum. And, you know, for some mums like myself, you may feel guilty for having that feeling, thinking, well, you know, what about Linda? Why am I just mum all all of a sudden? And that's not nothing to be ashamed about at all. And once you once you can, you know, come to terms with that and realize that part of your identity, whether you want it to or not, is stripped away as becoming a mum. Once you reclaim your identity and remember who you were before you were a mum, because you're still that person at the very core, go back to who that person was. What did what made that person happy? What made them smile? What do they love to do for fun? And try and incorporate that back into your life you're not obviously not going to have the same amount of time to do that because you've got other responsibilities but just find something very small even if it's just something once a month just to take you back to the person that you were to rekindle that Linda or that Hillary inside of you is the tip that I would I would suggest I agree I remember the day I drove up to the house and I had my twins in the car my um, husband, Michael, my first husband was driving and my mom and her best friend come out and everyone's, you know, ooing and awing over the babies and they're helping them in. And I'm like sitting in the front seat. I can barely get out. I had a C-section and like, nobody's there for me. Like nobody, it was no longer about me. It was like this wake up call. And I waited about, you know, 30 seconds and finally like, okay, I guess I'm getting out of the car now on my own. (laughs) And it is this wake up that, you know, my identity is, you know, I got to find Hillary again. Where'd she go? Right now, it seems like she's a little lost. So I I like how you just said that. So I do want to talk about something that you have brought me into the community of the Global Women's Club, and I'm actually part of your group. It was super important as I felt very much like I was, you know, doing Zoom, but not feeling connected to the bigger world, the, you know, what was going on in other countries, what was happening to women and entrepreneurship throughout the world. And I wanted a real connection with that. And it was, you know, fortuitous because all of a sudden you said, well, actually, Hillary, I'm a part of the Global Women Club. Can you share with the listeners what that is and how that has impacted you? Because I know it's impacted me. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So the Global Women Club is an amazing organization that is all over the world. It's all over the globe. And we have club meetings in different cities all around the world. But the unique part of it is that it's for women in business, women who are thinking about getting into business. But it gives you the opportunity not only to connect locally with people in your own home city, but also to connect with them globally. 
So if you're looking to, you know, be more visible on a global basis, you want to, you have a product or a brand that you want to let the rest of the world know about, rather than just struggling in your own local community, we have a, a global community that you can connect with women all around the world. You can pitch your business, you can learn from each other, you can get connections, get contacts and, and make new friends as well. It's an organisation that's been running for about seven years. And, you know, like I said, we've, we've got clubs in different cities around the world. And it's it's an amazing, amazing community where women can connect together, they can grow together, they can collaborate and they can grow. And you know what I like a lot is that you don't have to specifically be in the Denver group. You can be in a club like I'm in yours and people come together and they're in the UK and they're, I mean, they're literally all over the world. And you're talking about conferences in Dubai and, and I'm hearing from other women, I'm connecting with these other women and it's so impactful because it really makes you realize that today you don't have to, unless you're doing, you know, a physical service where you need to be there and providing in person. But so many of us are doing so many online digital, digital, you know, courses and, and coaching and, you know, you can do it anywhere. Right. And so yeah. to know that and to have, you know, the reach and to be working with women like yourself, I think it's, I think it is so powerful. It really is. Yeah. What do you think is, and, and can you share a little bit about, I know you host these and it's once a month and then you get to hear these speakers that you, you brought in a speaker the last time. And so can you share a little bit more about what type of speakers you're bringing in? Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So diversity is very key in terms of our meetings. Where, wherever you go around the world, you're always going to get a diverse group of women. So it's not just going to be women all looking the same. And we have guest speakers that come to every single meeting. And so the purpose of that is so that we can not only connect through networking with the women, but they also get the opportunity to learn from each other and they learn from the guest speaker. So our guest speakers are traditionally business women women that are successful in their field, but they can also teach our women around the world different skills, business tips, so that they can continue to, to, to grow in their own businesses, whether that's been you know, in, on a personal level or through their business as well. There's always an array of different type of speakers in every meeting, in my Accra club and in any club you go around the world. And you know, I don't know of any other club anywhere where you can get to connect with women globally, talk about your business, promote your business, and at the same time, learn, have fun, and make those new connections. And I think one of the most fascinating like parts of it is that we're all going through the same thing. There's the foundational growth. There's the scalability. There are issues that are not, they're, they're universal. <laughs> they, they happen to us all. And so hearing it from different perspective, being able to tap into that is, I find it such a rich experience because it will, a different perspective, a different way of thinking. It just, again, it goes back to, it's not just like-minded people that are on there. It's like energy. It's like, yeah, we're all, we're all trying to make that impact. So I have thoroughly enjoyed it. And 
your, and I'm going to make sure in, in all the notes to give your contact so that people can find you, but where is the best place to connect with you? The best place would be on LinkedIn under my name, as in Linda Atram, A-T-T-R-A-M. I'm also on Instagram and Facebook as well, but I think LinkedIn would be the, the sort of the core place to, to connect with me. And as we're, as we're wrapping up here, if you could, knowing that this is, you know, a global radio show podcast, what would you tell women um, that final message about elevating their confidence? Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity for being on your show. I would tell women to just feel confident within themselves. Don't, don't worry about what other people think about you. They're going to think of whatever they're going to think regardless anyway. We've only got one life. Just go for it. Live your best life. And, you know, you, you don't know who you're going to be inspiring along the way. People will be watching you. They may not say anything, but just you by, just by you being you, and exuding your own confidence will help other women along the way. And we can all support and help each other. I That is so great. And be open to the people that you can meet. And a lot of times when you hear something, ask that follow-up question, right? So tell yeah. me more. So tell me more about that. Linda, what was that? All, what was it like? What are you yeah. talking, you know, what are you talking about? I want to hear more. And when you do that, then you really get the passion from the other person of what they're really trying to do. So I love those open-ended questions, especially the one like, tell me more. I need to hear more about that. What do you mean by that? So super great. Well, as we're wrapping up, I, I want to say a huge thank you for being here, for being so honest and raw about losing your mom, losing your dad, those significant relaunches and how really those limiting beliefs have led you to where you are now and the fact that you've been able to overcome that confidence barrier. So super great. Next week, everyone, I will have Jen Moore on the on this fabulous show. And she does things around modern medicine with a twist, as in emotional freeing techniques, EFT, known also as tapping. So right now, I want you to leave, come back next week. It is all about live now, love now, relaunch now, and we will be back next week bringing you a lot more goodness. Take care. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.